Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I am your host, James Murphy, a.k.a. Murph, and thank you so much for joining me for episode number 171 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I really appreciate you downloading, listening, and enjoying wherever you listen to your podcast, wherever you listen. You can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk on Spotify, Apple Podcast. um, Stitcher, Radio Public, Google Music, everywhere you can find your podcast, you can find Murph's Boston Sports Talk. So thank you so much for downloading, listening, and enjoying. And of course, if you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new or have not considered subscribing yet. Today, I'm at such a mixed emotions right now. I really am. I am angry, frustrated, I'm sad, a little depressed. I would like to think I'm excited. Um, I'm sure you can kind of understand why I'm feeling the first set of emotions compared to excited. Um, Obviously, you know, just to address the elephant in the room, Red Sox lost Xander Bogarts, and that's why I'm feeling all these negative emotions. Uh, the only reason why I'm excited is because the Patriots play on Monday, and Monday's my birthday. So that's going to be a really cool, fun day to be able to watch the Pats on my birthday in primetime. That's the only reason why I'm excited, and I'm excited to talk about the Pats game. Haven't really been excited for the Patriots at all this year. But in a time like this, I think I'm just, like, reaching. Reaching for, like, straws or, or just, you know, reaching for something to to make me feel good about myself right now because I, I feel absolutely sick to my stomach. I, I did leg day and I worked out last night, but like, I mean, besides having some sore abs, I, I just feel absolutely sick to my stomach about what Bloom and ownership allowed to happen. Now, just to address, again, the elephant in the room, San Diego Padres and Alexander Bogarts reach an agreement for 11 years, $280 million. $280 million. That's roughly, what was it, $25.45, something like that, million dollars AAV, average annual value. Red Sox, nowhere close. Nowhere close. And I have a nice article here from Boston.com written by... Hayden Bird, literally, what was today's date? The 9th, yesterday morning. And I'm going to get into it in just a f- uh, few moments here. But I, I really have to backtrack, honestly, to give you the full picture and what the real meaning of this means and the weight that this loss means. Uh, years upon years ago, you lost Pedro Martinez because you didn't want to pay him. Then you kind of jump ahead a lot. Then you lose John Lester because you didn't want to pay him. Well, you traded him because you didn't want to pay him. And then come free agency, at the end of that year, you could have brought him back, and you didn't. He ended up signing with the Cubs. And then, you know, of course I'm missing free agents here and there. I'm just trying to get the big names. And then I, and you, I can hear the emotion in my voice just talking, and it sounds pathetic, but like, I'm not doing this on purpose. I'm just really, really frustrated, you know. That's really, the lack of better terms is frustrated. Um, 
where was it? oh 2020 you didn't want to pay Mookie Betts you traded him away okay 2021 you didn't want to pay Andrew Benintendi you traded him away okay here comes Alexander Bogarts typically what you've done is you traded away players you didn't want to pay but you told us he's your number one priority and you want to re-sign him and da 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 and you let him walk on top of not even being remotely close to what the Padres offered compared to what your final offer was compared to what other teams offered him. And I'm going to get into this in, in a little bit, but Rafael Devers isn't coming back. He's not. And if anybody thinks that he is going to re-sign here, unless the Red Sox offer him 15 for $500 million, something absolutely stupid, which, I mean, would that even be stupid at at the rate that Turner, Judge, and Bogarts are getting paid, would that even be stupid? I don't even think so. That's $33.3 million AAV. Um, that'd push Devers till he's 41 years old, but I don't know. Test the market come next year's free agency. You probably make the same thing from someone actually that gives a damn about you and someone that actually wants to re-sign you. And it is clearly evident that the Red Sox did not want to re-sign Bogarts. They didn't want to re-sign Benintendi. They didn't want to re-sign Betts. And listen, I know. I've said this before, and I will continue to back up my theory. Well, not really a theory, my, my take. When it was Betts or Benintendi, I was fine with getting rid of one. I didn't think the Red Sox were going to pay both of them, especially with you just um, Bogarts' extension just kicked in at that time. You're going to have to start paying Devers soon through arbitration or an extension. Obviously, the Chris Sale extension um, was on the horizon or just got signed, I believe. I don't give a take. You know, the Evaldi contract was still a thing. Like, you still had some money on the table. Oh, you traded away Christian Vasquez, too. I forgot about that, which, whatever. Um, I was okay trading bets, but I didn't like the return package. Yeah, you got a former number one prospect in the Dodgers system, which is always good year in and year out, so that does hold a lot of weight. And I don't think Verdugo has been that bad. I think he's been really good in his time here. I'd like to see Connor Wong. I'd like to see more Jeter Downs, of course. And then you trade Benintendi for a bunch of players to be named later, and Franchi Cordero, who's now with the Reds, I believe he signed with. Did he sign with? No, I think he signed with the Orioles. So... I mean, if you got if you traded bets, which you did at first, then you have to lock up Benintendi. Okay, no, then we're just gonna let them both go, and then 2020, uh, 2020 happens, a dismal season, lose the fan base. Here comes 2021. You guys actually start playing well, playing like a team, and you know, leaving your heart on the field. And you drag the fan base back in for a nice deep playoff run, two wins away from the World Series. And, you know, all the signs are pointing up. Then you have a lackluster offseason. Start off 2022 slow. Heat up right in June. You know, you know, early June, you heat up. And then you just fall off a cliff again. And then you just suck for the rest of the season. You... Trade away Vasquez, so it appears like you're sellers at the deadline. But then you traded for Tommy Pham. You traded for Reese McGuire, which made it seem like you're buyers. You didn't bring in any pitching. So what what were we doing at the deadline? What were we doing at the deadline? Were we... Oh, you traded away Hunter Renfro in the previous offseason, so you were sellers then. You clearly need outfielders, which... Oh, Mookie Betts was and still is an outfielder. Andrew Benintendi was and still is an outfielder. Now you're you have Verdugo and Kike Hernandez and um I just don't even know his name to be honest. What's his name? Uh Masataka Yoshida coming in, which I'll get over that, which I'm not too excited about to be honest, and a lot of people aren't and nor should be excited about that signing. It's just, Alexander Bogarts was supposed to be the team's number one priority 
going into the season, going, you know, not trading him, or we'll re-sign him. And here we are. Here we are on the aftermath of not re-signing him. Simple as that, not re-signing him. So let me read you this this article, again, written by Hayden Bird, titled, Red Sox offer to Alexander Bogarts was reportedly well behind Padres, other MLB teams. Quote, the Red Sox did not finish second, third, or maybe even fourth, according to Boston Globe reporter Peter Abraham. Shocking, right? And I woke up to this news. Let me grab some water before I get into this. I woke up to this news that Bogarts was signing with the Padres. And honestly, I thought it was, I thought I said the Pirates when I first woke up. Because I just saw Padres, like the P, and I was thinking Pirates. I was like, what? That makes no sense. But obviously, go and behold, it's the Padres, who are now going to move arguably one of the best shortstops in baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr., to left field. Okay. (laughs) I mean, the Padres just putting an all-star team together here. Let me get into the article. Uh, Okay. Where the Red Sox ranked with Bogarts set for San Diego on a stunning 11-year deal, Red Sox fans are left to contemplate what went wrong in the team's ill-fated efforts to bring back a player who had publicly said he did not want to leave Boston. The dude did not want to leave. It could not have been that hard. It really couldn't have been that hard. Ask him. Do you want the years or do you want the money? If you wanted the years, I can understand. Listen, when someone throws you, when you're 30 and someone throws you an 11-year contract that pushes you till 41, it's going to be really hard to not take that, especially where we've seen players in the in their upper 30s start to deteriorate. I mean, look at Albert Pujols. He really declined once he got past 40. Yeah, he had the resurgence last year, which was nice. Then you look at Miguel Cabrera, even. Um, obviously... Oh, who's the other one? I can't think. Uh, pitchers are a different story, but still, they don't get those long contracts. Alex Rodriguez even deteriorated a little bit once he turned past 40. Deteriorated a lot, actually. But if he wanted the years, okay, how many? And whatever number that is, because you have five days from the end of the World Series to when free agency opens. I'm sorry, you don't. Have, I don't know how. I think it's five days from free agency and um, World Series ending to free agency opening to negotiate exclusively with these players, your players, to reach an, a deal. Now you go up to Bogart. I can't see. It could not have been this hard. And I would like to think that professional baseball team management did this, but I really don't think they did because they're so. I, I, I can't even find a word to describe them because I'm trying not to be biased here. But it's really hard to not be biased because I'm so emotionally connected to this storyline. You go up to Alexander Bogarts. The day the World Series ends, that effing night, how do you want years or money? All right, how much? how many years are you looking for? Okay. Do you have a range of an AAV or do you have kind of a number that you're looking for in terms of total dollars? Okay. Now, if none of that makes sense to you, different story. But I don't think Alexander Bogarts would be asking the Red Sox for an 11-year contract worth $280 million, which he got from the Padres, from the Red Sox. I think his contract in a vacuum that was offered, which was... Uh, what was it? Six-year deal, roughly 160 million dollars. In a vacuum, that's a very fair deal. That's 27 million a year, which is seven more than what he was making. It gives you six years, but it only pushes you to 36. Though, would you rather have six years, a uh, six-year security blanket, or would you rather have an 11-year security blanket? Now, the only way to draw him away from the teams that are offering him eight, nine, ten, eleven-year contracts is, of course, to bump up the dollar signs, which is something, obviously, the Red Sox did not want to do. Why? Beats me. Because they're cheap, and Red Sox management has other investments that are clearly taking priority over the Boston Red Sox, and it's immensely frustrating. 
let me carry on with this article. Yet, according to reports, the Red Sox were not close in the team's bid to re-sign Bogarts. Boston Globe reporters Alex Speer and Peter Abraham shine some light on the reported details of Boston's offers to the two-time World Series champion. According to Speer, the Red Sox final offer was a six-year deal worth, quote, roughly $160 million, which placed the average annual value of the contract at a higher level, $27 million, than what the Padres offered, $25.5 million. The difference was the extra five years in the deal, almost double what Boston put forward. Again, would you rather take six-year guarantee safety net or an 11-year deal, especially as a 30-year-old? Now listen, if you're 20, 21, 22 years old, man, take the six-year deal, whatever, right? You get more money per year. That makes sense compared to an 11-year deal. I get it. But oh my God, you're you weren't even in the same stratosphere. At least you were relatively in the same stratosphere with the bets negotiations. I just strongly don't think that Mookie Betts wanted to be here in Boston. I really don't think so. I think there was other external factors. I believe he signed a what was it, a twelve year deal worth three hundred and something million. I forget what it was. But the Red Sox weren't that far off. I think they offered him more money, but I think the Dodgers offered more years. Something to that extent. I would have to go in and look at it, which I don't have time for, nor I'm just barreling through my rant right here, right now. So, like, I'm looking at these numbers, right? Again, I don't think Bogarts wanted an 11-year uh, deal. You offered him six. Could you have gone up to him? Because there were reports that said that Alexander Bogarts will go back to the Red Sox and show him, show them the deal he's about to accept and he will offer the Red Sox to match. That's what the reports was and Bogart seems like a, a man of his word. So I'm going to go off the assumption that Alexander Bogart took that contract from the Padres. Heim, Red Sox ownership. I have an 11 year contract from the Padres worth $280 million I'm about to accept and sign. Is there any way you could match this or come close? No? Nothing? Not even a counter? You're just going to stick with your 6 for 160? Like, again, ow, I just hit my, hit my wrist on my desk. I'm no professional. I'm no expert. I'm a fan. I have a podcast. I have a card shop. I've played MLB The Show for years. I've done franchise for years. I understand how contracts work. I, I'm a business owner. I work with numbers. I work with money every day. Uh, when I was in college, my first two years was sport management, so I understand the business side of sports the dollar signs, the professionalism. I understand all of it. Would it have been too hard to maybe meet in the middle eight-year deal, nine-year deal? Maybe? I mean, does Bogarts really want to play till he's 41? I mean, maybe if you're making 25 and a half million a year, I would too. Especially with the DH in the National League, so it doesn't even matter. But like, the Red Sox don't want to commit to that. Why? Because you have Marcelo Meyer coming up. Okay, well, he's not going to be a shortstop this year. It's going to be, uh, uh, I was going to say Troy Tulowitzki. Oh, my God. It's going to be Trevor Story. Okay, but now who's your second baseman? Christian Arroyo, Jeter Downs. I thought we were supposed to be improving this team, right? That's what the plan was. You brought in Jolies Rodriguez. You brought in Kenley Jansen. You just signed Chris Martin. You're improving the bullpen, which was a major need. So I, I'll give you props there. I'll give you credit there. You're improving the bullpen. But it would take a friggin' brick wall to identify that the bullpen needed improvement. Should not have been that hard. Then you bring in, um, got to get his name again, <laughs> Masataka Yoshida, which I'll get into in a moment. But at least you're getting an outfielder who can hit the ball fairly well, who can get on base fairly well. So, hey, 
we're improving, okay? We have ourselves an outfielder. We have ourselves some extra bullpen arms. We're expecting Chris Sale to be healthy. We're going to expect, I don't know who else to be the starting pitchers because you don't have anybody else. You have Tanner Houck, who I would like in the rotation. You have Garrett Whitlock, who I'd like in the bullpen, but he can start again, uh, apparently. Nick Pavetta. You could bring back Eovaldi. I mean, there's still some... Brian Bayo, forgot about him. So, like, if you keep Bogarts and you bring in Kenley Jansen, Jolie's Rodriguez, and Chris Martin, and Yoshida, all right, I can see, I can see the plan formulating. You bring in one more piece, one or two more pieces, and now we can look at the Red Sox as being a competitive team in the American League East, which is arguably the strongest and toughest division. You have the Yankees, who are a 100-win team. You have the Blue Jays and the Rays, who can easily win 90-plus games, 95 games. The Orioles took everybody by surprise this year, being extremely competitive, all the way to like the last couple weeks of the season, being in the, the mix, who I expect them to be 85 to maybe 90 wins this year. I mean, that's not drastic to say. Meanwhile, we have the Red Sox here in last place, who are struggling to put a, a competitive and productive product on the field, losing their best... Well, first of all, they made the moves to make their team better. So they made the moves. And now you're getting rid of your best player, arguably, right? Probably second best player behind Devers. So, again, it's just like we're at the trade deadline here. We're taking a step or two forward... But we're taking a giant step back. And I think trading Christian Vasquez at the deadline was a giant step back. Now, what if you did? You didn't have to make that move. You absolutely did not have to make that trade. You got prospects. You get prospects anywhere. If you kept Christian Vasquez and you brought in uh, Tommy Pham, which you needed an outfielder, and you got one, and you bring in Reese McGuire, who you only brought in because you traded away Christian Vasquez. Oh, but you traded four. Eric Hosmer, a first baseman, what you needed. Okay, now I can see the Red Sox building something. Okay, they're they're adding a few pieces, uh, a bat at the top of the lineup, a good defensive, reliable first baseman. All right, I see where we're going here. The pitching is still a question mark, but hey, we know we have arms in there. Maybe they can figure it out, maybe not. But at least our lineup is, is not going to be the issue. Nope, yes it is. It just makes no sense. Why sign Kenley Jansen? Why sign him to a two-year, $32 million contract? I think, I think it was 16 a year. Why do that? Why bring in Chris Martin, Jolie's Rodriguez? Why bring in Yoshida? Why are we doing this? The Red Sox are just going to muddle again in last place. Right now, they're not better than the Yankees. With or without Judge. Let's say Judge doesn't even re-sign with the Yankees. Let's say he goes to the Giants or goes wherever. They're still not better than them. They're not better than the Blue Jays. They're not better than the Tampa Bay Rays, who Heim Bloom is from Tampa Bay, and they're still freaking good without him. So clearly, he wasn't the reason they were successful. And are you, are they better than the Baltimore Orioles? Well, if you look at the 2022 standings, they are not. But who would you rather be right now? The Baltimore Orioles with a bright 10-year future or the Red Sox who are struggling year in and year out? Again, I don't want to be biased, but the bias in me would say the Red Sox. But that's a difficult question in a vacuum. It really is. The Orioles have a bright future. Red Sox, their future isn't bright. It has gotten dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. You lost Mookie. You lost Benintendi. You lost Bogarts. You, you're going to lose Devers. Why? I've said this. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Why should me, a fan of the Boston Red Sox, and why should you emotionally attach yourself to this team why should you emotionally invest in this team why should you even financially invest in this team whether it's buying jerseys or buying tickets and going to the games and physically being be there why buy the nesson plus package to watch the red sox games why should you do that when they're not going to put the best product on the field that they could they know that the product that they put on the field is not good they know that. They're not putting the best product on the field. 
They are not investing their time or their money into the Boston Red Sox. So why should we? Why should I buy a ticket to go to the, uh, go to Fenway Park? There's been numerous stats and charts and graphs out there that say going to the Boston Red Sox is the most expensive um, family outing in all of baseball for four tickets. Again, average pricing for everything, right? For four tickets, four sodas, four hot dogs, parking. It is the most expensive place in all of baseball. Why? Why? They suck. Yeah, they have four World Series in, in you know the 21st century. Okay, great. In the last, what was it, uh, 10, 11 years? I'd have to double check, but it might be five in the last 10 years or five in the last 11 years. They have five last place finishes. Listen, I went to a Miami Marlins game against the Yankees for my bachelor party, not this past July, but the July before, so July 2021. Beer, $5. Hot dog, $3. Seats right behind home plate um, on the 300th level. Front row, 20 bucks a pop. Can't beat that. 20 bucks a ticket, $5 a beer, $3 a soda. I'm in it for 28 bucks. And granted, we took an Uber, but whatever. Twenty-eight bucks. I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. Twenty-eight bucks. Okay, times that by. Oh, well, I guess you know you're not gonna get a beer for kids, right? You're gonna get more sodas. I'm going to assume the soda. I don't know. I'm going to assume the soda was like three dollars, four dollars. Again, you're under thirty bucks. All in for one person, for that seat. Which is a pretty good seat. I mean, there was cheaper seats in the house, but listen, when you're right behind home plate, 300 floor, you can see, first row, you can see everything. You can see if it's a ball or strike. It was a great, great, great night. 20 bucks. What am I gonna get at Fenway Park for 20 bucks? Uh, soda and popcorn. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely black. It's stupid. It's so stupid. And honestly, this is why I've been boycotting them since the beginning of this year. Or last year, I should say. They started off slow. Okay, cool. You got They got hot. Every team, I've said this thousands of times, every good team has hot streaks and has cold streaks. Every bad team has hot streaks and cold streaks. It's just the nature of sports. It's just, that's just the nature of sports. It... it it's so frustrating. It is so frustrating because now what's the plan? You improve the bullpen. You got a, a, a decent player from Japan. You're going to have story play shortstop and Christian Arroyo, who's whatever, Jeter Downs. I mean, I'd rather see Jeter Downs just because to make that Mookie Betts deal worth it. You got to make that Mookie Betts deal worth something other than Alex Verdugo, who, by the way, he's coming up soon in free agency oh my god i need to finish this article <laughs> i need to finish this article in the end abraham said that he thought the red sox finished farther down the list of others made of offers made to bogarts quote the red sox did not finish second third or maybe even fourth abraham tweeted um and this is a tweet one final note before signing off. Oh, man, I wish I could sign off right now. The Red Sox did not finish second, third, fourth, whatever. Via various sources, there were three to four other teams willing to go to $200 million plus on Bogarts. He wowed teams in interviews. Sox valued their own player differently than other teams did. It makes no effing sense why are other teams why are i know the i know the phillies got trey turner but they were kind of in the mix for Alexander bogarts right but why are teams like the giants and the padres and whoever else were the other teams in this mix why are they valuing your player more you're the boston red sox you could have the highest team salary in baseball if you want to you've done it for years on end You've been in the top 1%. You've been in you know, a top 5, a top 10 team in salaries spent. Why are other teams valuing your shortstop more than you? Is it because he's 30? Oh, no, he's 30 years old. Granted, 
you know, he only has seven years left. Oh, no, is it because we have Marcelo Meyer, the fourth overall pick in the draft, and we want him to... We want Heim Bloom to be right on him, and we want him to be the long-term shortstop. See, we didn't need Bogarts. We had Marcelo Meyer from when we signed Heim Bloom. Oh, we were right all along. Is that what we want, guys? He was supposed. To, Marcelo Meyer was supposed to be the number one overall pick, but he drops to four, where the Red Sox scooped him. Why did he drop those four spots? Okay, Pirates went for Henry Davis. Um, Rangers went for Jack Leiter. I forget who went number three. I think another pitcher, but I'm not sure. I forget. And then Marcelo Meyer. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Okay. If the Red Sox weren't there at four, would he have fallen further? I don't know. Listen, I'm not going to bag on the kid and say that he sucks or he's not going to be good, but you cannot invest that much into your prospects. You can't. How many times have we seen high-profile prospects not pan out? Especially in the Red Sox organization, right? Devin Marrero, Henry Davis, um, oh, what's his name? Ryan Kalish, um, oh, Ryan LaVarnway. Oh, what is that first baseman? Or no, what was he, an outfielder? Oh, my God. I can't think of his name. He was... Oh, he's supposed to be like the next Ted Williams. Red Sox prospects to bust. Oh, I forget his name. Oh, my God. Uh, Craig Hansen, another one. I'm just looking, trying to find a list here. Uh, Blake Swihart, yep. Um, let's see. Nope, nope, nope. Come on, nope. I need his name. Nope. Ruzny Castillo, that's a big one, right? Come on. No. Oh, man. That's all you're going to give me is those guys? What was his name? What was his effing name? Oh, I don't want biggest bust in Red Sox history. I just want prospects busts. Um. Oh, man. I can't think of his name. He's an outfielder, too. I can see it. I think he was a lefty. I think. No, not him. No, not him. Craig Hansen, I've already talked about. Andrew Yount, no. Oh, my God. I can't think of it. Oh, my God. This is going to bother me. I, I really don't want to continue any further until Red Sox prospects to fail. I really want to. He's an outfielder. I, I, I see it. In my eyes, I no. Lars Anderson, thank you. The first baseman, not not a outfielder. First baseman, Lars Anderson, one of the biggest busts of all time for the Red Sox. Lars Anderson, um, yeah. I, it's just too many times we've seen this. I'm just trying to see. Craig Hansen keeps popping up way too many times. Um, it's just the nature. It's just it's gonna happen. You're going to have your prospects that pan out. You're going to. Your Mike Trouts, your Fernando Tatis Juniors, um, your Rafael Devers even, your Alexander Bogarts, you know, if you want to keep local, Mookie Betts. You're going to have those guys that pan out. How many players get drafted every year? How many international free agents do we have every year? Tons. Hundreds. Thousands. How many of them pan out? Not many. I just don't like investing all this into Marcelo Meyer. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. It's not that hard. You can see it on the wall. 
it is not that hard to see that they're investing in Marcelo Meyer. They want him to be the shortstop for the future. So then why do they sign Trevor Story? Because they wanted him to play shortstop, uh, second base with Bogarts in the meantime because they thought they were going to be able to dink around and keep him for a couple years and then move on from him. Or, or you're going to have Marcelo Meyer, Hein Bloom's prodigy, his baby, his golden egg, play second base? No, he's not going to do that. They're going to move Story right back over to second base. They, we all know that, guys. Come on. I just, let's say eight years gets it done, right? Again, it's really tough to turn down 11 for eight years. It really, especially at 30, right? I've already went over this. But let's just say eight years gets it done. I need a calculator. Eight years. All right, let's see. Let's say two, two, 220 divided by eight, right? $220 million divided by eight is 27 and a half. Okay, does that get it done? Is two and a half million more worth it per year for three less years? I'm gonna say no. Okay, so what about 250? Uh, no, two, let's do 240 first. 240 divided by eight years is $30 million. Does five extra million get it done per year? I mean, obviously I can't sit here and say yes or no for sure, but I'd like to think so, that it really puts it in the conversation when you go to eight years for 240, but they didn't want to pay him for eight years. They didn't want to pay him 30 million a year. You have him be your shortstop for the next solid three years until Marcelo Meyer is ready. And then you can either move Bogarts to, I mean, he's wanted, he wants to play shortstop. Okay, so maybe you trade Trevor Story at that time, or you move him to third, and you can put Meyer at uh, second base, or you can put Story at first, and, he, and Meyer can still play second base. I, I foresee Devers becoming a DH or a first baseman in the near future. His defense has, yes, gotten better at third base in 2022. But still, it's just a you know conversational piece. He could go over to first. He'll be a DH and, and, you know, towards the end of his career, he will be. But for the next three years, we have nothing to worry about. And then you'll still have five years remaining on the contract that, you know, maybe, hey, pal, you're 34 years old, 35. You might have to move to third base, first base, or DH. I don't think DH for a 34, 35-year-old is the worst thing. It'd probably be a welcome change for Bogarts because he can still make his $30 million that he was being paid as a shortstop and just hit four times a game. But then you got to look at yourselves. Oh, we don't want to play pay DH $30 million a year. Okay, well, you can put him at third and first and shortstop here and there and, and sparingly like you were doing with J.D. Martinez in the outfield. And at the very least, at the very least, towards the end of that contract, trade him then. Then at that point, you can trade him. But oh my God. This came after Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Hein Bloom said on several occasions that re-signing Bogarts was the team's first choice to bring back at shortstop. Clearly wasn't the case. But despite engaging in, quote, heavy discussions with Bogarts and his agent Scott Boris on Wednesday, the Red Sox appeared to finish well behind other MLB teams in terms of what was offered. Red Sox valued their own player differently than other teams did, Abraham concluded. And that's just true. That is true. They didn't care. They don't care. They see that they have. Oh, we have Trevor Story, we have Christian Arroyo, Jeter Downs, Marcelo Meyer. It's just, oh my God. Listen, I'm glad, I'm happy for Xander Bogarts. I'm really happy for him. You got an 11-year contract that a 30-year-old getting an 11-year contract, you would never hear of. He got $280 million. He got the guaranteed years. That's what he wanted. He wanted the tenure. And he got it. And on top of that, he got $25.5 million AAV. So all the power to him. But boy, I don't think the Red Sox needed to offer 11 for 280 to keep him in town. I really don't think so. Un-effing believable. I need another sip of water because my mouth is getting so dry and parched. Talking about this is absolute bullshit. It really is. Again, 
I'm not. I'm never going to be mad at Xander Bogarts. I will never be mad at a player for taking either a good contract, a overpaid contract, or a, a dumb contract that a team just offers just because they're desperate. And the Padres weren't desperate. They weren't. They don't need him, but they wanted him. And they know that, that he makes them better by a mile. Oh, my God. Um, it just baffles me that Aaron Judge is able to re-sign with the Yankees. Again, hey, all the power to the Yankees for getting that deal done. All the power for Judge for having a record-breaking year and making $40 million a year for the next, what was it, um, was it a nine-year deal, I think it was? I think it was, yeah, 360 over nine years. I mean, again, Judge is 30. He'll be 31 in April. He's only asking for a nine-year deal. Granted, he's asking for $360 million, but still. Yankees had to get it done, and they did. They kept their player in town. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard. I mean, could they, they say, like, oh, we got Jason Dominguez who can play right field too. We have Jason Dominguez who can play the outfield just like Aaron Judge, so we're just going to move on from Aaron Judge and play Dominguez. They don't say that, and they're not looking at it like that. Yankees want to put the best product on the field, whoever that is, whether that's Judge and left, center, or right, Judge at DH. Hell, if Judge is the best third baseman on the team, they'll put him at third base too. It does not matter. They want the best players on their team to put out the best product, to go out, win as many games as possible, and to make a deep run into October. That's what the Yankees are trying to do. Why can't you do that? It's not that hard. I am not asking the Red Sox to be the Yankees. Never will I ask that. But my God, will you prioritize your players? Yankees haven't made an outside move yet. They brought back Anthony Rizzo, and they brought back Aaron Judge. They brought back their two best players. Or, I mean, is Rizzo their best? I mean, he hit like 30 home runs, but I mean, at Yankee Stadium, it's not that hard. But they brought back a priority in Rizzo. And they brought back, in 2022, the best player in the world. Shouldn't be that hard. They prioritized. They said... We need this guy. We need that guy. Let's sign this guy. Let's sign that guy. What does it take? Here you go. What's your number? There you go. There were all the reports in the world that Judge was going to go to San Francisco, that Judge was going to maybe go to the Dodgers or the Mets or the Red Sox. The Red Sox weren't going to sign him. If they weren't going to sign Bogarts, they weren't going to sign Betts, they weren't going to sign Aaron Judge. Let's just be honest. It's just, I'm done. I'm done. I, I can't with this. Red Sox signing of Masataka Yoshida, panned by execs, scouts, and experts. This is an article by Connor Roche from December 9th at 1039 this morning. Oh, this is literally from an hour ago. I pulled this article up friggin' 40 minutes ago. All right, well, here we go. When the Red Sox opted not to re-sign Xander Bogarts, and yes, I like how he worded that. He did not word that Xander Bogarts decided to leave Boston. I think the Red Sox decided not to re-sign him. Some fans took solace in some of the other moves they made so far this season. They bolstered their bullpen by assigning three arms with Kenley Jansen uh, being the most notable, and they spent a total of $105 million to acquire Japanese outfielder Masataka Yoshida. The signing of Yoshida was believed to help the Red Sox outfield hitting situation, which was one of the worst in baseball last season. However, just like the Red Sox handling the Bogart situation, the five-year, $90 million contract they gave Yoshida was panned throughout the baseball world and has left many confused. ESPN MLB insider Kylie McDaniel wrote that he didn't have Yoshida in his top 50 available free agents this offseason. McDaniel pulled 10 executives and scouts around the league to see if they viewed Yoshida the same way he did, and they all came to the same conclusion. The Red Sox overpaid for Yoshida. One of those sources texted McDaniel that their ball club, quote, thought he was worth less than half of what they paid, end quote. And another team texted him, quote, I have no words, end quote. The Athletics' Keith Law also panned the signing as he didn't have Yoshida in his top 50 available free agents at the start of free agency either. Yoshida's eye for the strike zone has been commonly praised as his best trait. He walked 82 times and struck out just 42 times in 2022 with the Oryx Buffaloes of the Nippon Professional Baseball, which is Japanese baseball. 
hitting 335, 447 slugging. I'm sorry, 447 on base and 561 slugging. Despite Yoshida hitting 21 home runs in each of the last two seasons, though, Law thinks that his power won't translate well over to the majors, citing past power struggles other hitters from Japan had, as he projects Yoshida's power to take a dip and his scouting report not really showing much praise in any other area outside of his ability to draw walks. Law believes the Red Sox should have used the money they gave to a player with a lower ceiling to a different position of need. Huh. What big giant need do you have now? Leadership. Shortstop. Huh. But who will be up Trevor Story though? We'll be fine. No knock on Trevor Story. I'm not making fun of Trevor Story here, guys. I'm not. I'm making fun of the Red Sox and their friggin' outlook and their line of thinking on things. It's just so frustrating. But let's just pause real quick because we still have a few paragraphs left of this article. Uh, right, Dewey? Uh, yeah, a few more. Overpaid? Like, listen, I don't really know this guy. I really didn't know him before um, th this news broke down. But, like, $15 million posting fee, 15 and a half, whatever it is, and then plus the $90 million that you gave him? I would have loved to, for that to have gone towards, oh, I don't know, Xander Bogarts maybe? That would have been nice. Um, that could have gone towards bringing in, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, I don't know, Christian Vasquez back or could have brought in Wilson Contreras who just signed. I think a cheaper deal, I think it was five for $85 million, give or take, with the Cardinals. That would have significantly helped. That would have really helped. Or you could have just brought in another effing outfielder. Look at the Mets contract with, um, what, what's, um, Brandon Nimmo. What was it? Um, I think it was, how expensive was it? Brandon, I don't think it was that expensive. Um, oh, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? What's the contract? Um, contract. Come on, give me the numbers. It's not that expensive. Oh my God. Eight years, $162 million for a contact hitter who plays the outfield. Oh my God. I don't know what to tell you. You're telling me that you couldn't do eight for 175, maybe save on the posting fee. <sighs> Let's just 162 divided by eight is $20.25 million. Okay. Let's say it takes 175 million to get him away out of New York. 21.875 like come on come on and we're paying this um yoshida freaking 18 for five years like come on it's just poor baseball decision making at this point it is just absolutely poor decision making at this point brandon nimmo i'm gonna give you some statistics uh, let me get some stats here da 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 He's a career 269 hitter. Okay, I'll give you eh, not the best. 2020 hit 280. 2021, 292. 2022, 274. He has 16 home runs last year, 159 hits, and 151 games played. Not the sexiest, I understand, but he's only 29. It's an eight-year deal, so it only pushes him to 37. So I don't know. That might be too old for the Red Sox. But it gives you versatility in the outfield. It really does. Everyone in New York loves him. I want to know what his um, um, his like on base and stuff. Let's see his is that do I want career? No, let's just go twenty twenty two. Um, twenty twenty two. Um, let's see on base percentage was three sixty seven. His slugging was four thirty three and an on base plus eight hundred. I'd take that. I'd take that. He played center field pretty much all year. I, listen, I know he can play other positions in his career with the Mets. He's played left. He's played right. He's played center. doesn't matter where he hits, uh, where he fields. It's just, I don't know. It's seven triples, too. Led the league. Wow. Bull, yeah, the player led the league. He, had, he led the league with seven triples last year. 30 doubles. Like, man, this is like some good stuff here. Good stuff. 71 walks. So, you know, uh, whatever. Hey, listen. This is why the Red Sox in upper management is losing the fan base for dumb decisions like this. I really, I really do. Quote, he might be a – this is going back to Yoshida now. Going back to the article by – let me get the name again. By Connor Roche, literally published an hour ago. 
quote, he might be a regular outfielder on some teams, but I think for a contender, he might fit more as an extra outfielder. And if I'm right, this is not a good deal for Boston. End quote, Law wrote. Quote, given the massive void they have behind the plate right now and the fact that Wilson Contreras just signed for less than Boston spent on Yoshida before the $15.4 million posting fee, I'm just confused, end quote. Yeah, me too, pal. Me effing too. Me too. Oh, my God. Um, Wilson Contreras. Again, I guess it's turned all baseball today. I was going to talk about the Pats. I don't know how that's going to go. Wilson Contreras, 30 years old. Okay, he got a five-year deal. He was, I think it was $85 million, too, that his contract was with the Cardinals. Uh, I just Let me just get that number correct before I kind of just start bullshitting things. 87 and a half. You offer him 90 for five? I'm not going to say, hey, that gets it done, but you offer him that same contract that you offered Yoshida? Maybe it gets it done, maybe not. Maybe you got to do a little bit more. But, guys, I mean, he's a great catcher. I don't want to get into all the extra stats. I mean, 243, not the greatest, but 22 home runs, uh, 101 hits, and 416 at-bats. I mean, he's good defensively. You have to pay for a premium position. He works good with the pitching rotation. He's been longtime Cubs catcher on all those good teams, and he's worked with all those pitchers that they've developed and that they've had. Which is something you could use right now. Oh, wait, you could use Christian Vasquez, who does the same thing. And you can get much cheaper. Now, if they sign Christian Vasquez, I'll have a different feeling about this. Oh, just, oh my God, I'm just so frustrated with this team. Contreras would have fit Boston's need for a catcher. However, as Law mentioned, the top catcher available in free agency agreed to a five-year, $87.5 million contract with the Cardinals on Wednesday. Contreras was a three-time All-Star over his seven seasons with the Cubs, and at 30, he's only a year older than Yoshida. You know, of course, you know, having a 30-year-old outfielder is different than a 30-year-old catcher. Whatever. We saw Molina play until he was 30-whatever, 38, 39. He played fine. There have been some positives, though, in the reviews of Yoshida. Please, I need something positive. One of the executives that McDaniel reached out to texted him that, quote, our evals think he can really hit. A little rich, but not totally out of bounds if you're really buying into the bat, end quote. That led McDaniel to mention that, quote, there's chatter from informed sources that Boston is convinced that Yoshida's bat is potentially special. And a couple sources thought that there was interest in the general area of what Boston paid from at least one other club, end quote. I'm still not convinced. <laughs> I'm still not convinced. I'm sorry. I'm not convinced. Um, let's see. Let's see. It's hard to deny that Yoshida's bat was good while he was in Japan. Over his seven seasons with Oryx, he only had one with a batting average below 300. And he hit 326, 419 on base, and 538 on base plus. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, 538 slugging during that time. Former MLB outfielder Adam Jones also prayed Yoshida who he played with for a season with the Buffaloes. Jones told the Athletics' Will Salmon in November that Yoshida is, quote, ready, end quote, for MLB and compared him to one of the game's top hitters. Quote, I say he's like the Japanese Juan Soto, Jones said. Quote, he can really, he can hit the ball to all fields, all speeds, like Juan Soto. He hits everything, and he walks, and doesn't swing outside the zone, end quote. Now, if this is true, this is me talking, if this is true, now I, I will pause my criticism, but you will need to see him pan out in year one in order to hold off any criticism because we could have took this money, put it towards Brandon Nimmo. We could have took, who's proven it in Major League Baseball, by the way, very good defensively, can get on base, can hit all that good stuff, hit triples too. We could have put this money towards Wilson Contreras, which you need, so we need to see the return on this investment in year one, especially if you want to be competitive, which there's no effing shot the Red Sox are this year, not without Bogarts. If you had Bogarts, again, you bring in all three of those bullpen arms, you sign Yoshida, you bring back Bogarts, you bring in starting pitching, and you got something effing cooking. Now you're just cooking with friggin' 
grease. I don't. You're cooking with nothing. You're cooking with absolutely nothing. You would have been cooking with grease. I think is what I was trying to say. Still, though, the Red Sox appear to have paid a hefty price to a player that might not have commanded it as they're looking to fill many holes. Red Sox Chief Baseball Officer Heim Bloom said prior to the winter meetings that he hoped to sign a starter, another reliever, and three or four position players. They've signed a reliever in Jansen and a position player in Yoshida. Since then, but still have holes at catcher and now shortstop following Bogart's departure. They also reportedly showed interest in Jose Abreu before he signed with the Astros, suggesting they're in the market for another power-hitting uh, power hitting right-handed hitter or a first baseman, or maybe both. I don't want to get into the Jose Abreu thing um, because they fucking way undervalued him, and then he goes sign with the Astros. Astros paying for players. They didn't want to pay Carrera because they had Jeremy Pena right, right there. But they thought that even without Correa, we can still be competitive because we know we have a great team around us outside of Carlos Correa, allowing Jeremy Pena to kind of slowly ease into his professional career, who was ready for the majors, by the way. Where this differs from the Red Sox losing Bogarts is Red Sox are a last place team where the Astros weren't. Yeah, you have Story who can slide over to second uh, shortstop, which he was shortstop, so that's not the issue. You need to find a second baseman now which you don't have one. Jeter Downs, maybe, but can you afford to kind of wait on the Jeter Downs thing? It's just, ugh. I'm so disappointed with this team. The shop opens in 10 minutes. I know we're almost an hour into this episode. It's been a good, lengthy discussion. But I... It's... It's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating. And I really hope I was able to get all that off my chest. I really hope I was really able to just deliver you true raw emotions about the Red Sox and their lack of effectivity in the baseball winter meetings here throughout the offseason thus far. It's just questionable moves. You're underpaying your players. You're overpaying Japanese players. You're bringing in bullpen pieces to make the bullpen better, but what's a good bullpen without a good rest of your team? We've seen time and time again, bad teams trade off good bullpen pieces to contenders. And honestly, that's what the Red Sox might look like they're doing. Come, you know, July 31st. It's, hey, could I be wrong at the end of the day? Sure. Would it be the first? No. But what Red Sox fan likes what's going on right now if you like what's going on leave a comment down below on youtube if that's what you're watching or reach out to me via social media at merce cartown on twitter instagram and of course facebook let me know tell me that you like what the red sox are doing show me the path to success that you see that i'm clearly missing because i need to know it i need to see it because right now i see not even 80 wins i really i really don't you struggled last year with your lineup your lineup's not better. You struggled last year with your bullpen. Your bullpen got better. You struggled last year with starting pitching. Your starting pitching's not better. Where where are we winning more than 80 games? Please let me know. Tell me where I can be optimistic about the 2023 Red Sox. How can I be optimistic? Please, please, please let me know. I really I need to know. Because right now it is so insufferable to watch. It's insufferable to read. It's insufferable to react to this stuff and be heartbroken. I love Alexander Bogarts. I love Rafael Devers. I loved Benintendi, and I loved Mookie Betts. Three of the four guys are gone, and the fourth one's on his way out the door. If the Red Sox cannot extend Devers this winter, trade him. You have to. I hate to say it. You have to. You can't let him walk for nothing. If you traded Bogart's last offseason, you could have got some good pieces in return. But no. But no. You took the gamble. You traded Betts. You traded Benintendi. And you got stuff in return because you knew you weren't going to re-sign him. And maybe you actually thought you were going to be able to re-sign Bogart's, but you didn't. I don't think they're going to... Unless... They, they have to re-sign Devers. And if they don't... I'm sorry, but you have to let him go. You absolutely have to. 
You have to get something in return. You can't let you cannot let arguably the best third baseman in baseball walk for nothing. You can't. And you know what? It'd be a totally big Red Sox thing to do. It really would be. And I am a damn shame to say that, and I'm afraid that it's going to happen. Wow, I'm getting a headache. Wow, 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 I'm getting a headache from all of that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I don't have time to talk about the Patriots right now. Hopefully, they can win on my birthday. It'd be really awesome. It'd be really cool. I can't wait to watch the game. But that is going to wrap it up for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for buckling down and enjoying this lengthy rant and just this <laughs> episode 171 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk, right? Thank you guys so much for list, downloading, listening, and enjoying this episode with me. Um, I really appreciate all the love and support out there. If you're listening to this on YouTube, thank you so much for clicking on the video. Please make sure you smash the thumbs up button, comment down below, and of course, subscribe to the channel if you're new or haven't considered subscribing. I cannot wait for episode number 172 of Murph's Boston Sports Talk. I'll break down the Patriots and Cardinals game. Of course, I'll talk about the Patriots and Raiders game that'll be upcoming for the following week. Maybe we'll have more Red Sox news that we can talk about. Celtics are playing well. Bruins are playing well. Really not much to update there. But am I, am I, getting, am I getting emotional? Am I, am I sniffling because I'm sad? I think so. Um, <laughs> enjoy your weekend, guys. Be safe. Be warm. Enjoy your following week, and I will catch you for the next episode. But between now and then, you guys know that I love you, and I will always, always see you.